Welcome to the Sometime Spouse Podcast. I am Christy Ogle, the host of the Sometime Spouse Podcast, and this is our first ever Ask a Realtor with our three realty experts, Ian, Bonnie, and Marlene. Ian, I want to introduce you first. You're from the Austin, Texas market. Tell us your story. Oh, my story. You want the long version or the short version? I'm going to give you the short version. <laughs> I relocated from Chicago, moved to Austin to have a better quality of life, decided what I wanted to do, realized that real estate, there's a lot of it, and it's uh, uh, a good way to impact a lot of people in a positive way. And so I jumped right in. I used my tech background. I leveraged my tech background to make sure that the process is smooth for the people that I get to help. Awesome. Thanks, Ian. Bonnie, tell me your story. Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, we'll keep it short because it's a long story. So uh, I've been in real estate now for around, uh, going on eight years, uh, pretty much from this area. Lived here almost all my life. Um, I previously was a hairdresser for about 17 years, worked with people, and um, I really don't know how I stumbled into the real estate world. However, um, the fact of working with people and helping them to change whatever it is they wanted to change, so instead of changing hair, now we're changing the locations of where they live. So um, just being able to help them, you know, get into something different. So um, that has been, uh, it's my passion just to be able to help people um, so yeah, real estate's been a lot of fun and oh my gosh, it's crazy, uh, the way it's changing so fast. So that's my short story. <laughs> Marlene, tell us your story. How'd you get into real estate? So, um, I am from Mexico. I came to Dallas a little bit over four years ago and um, I wanted to do something where I could be in contact with other people and really just talking to them and helping them out. And at the same time, I see real estate as such a great tool for investing and uh, even just to bettering your future. And it, this is uh, something that where you're always learning and not any day is the same. So I really like that about real estate. So that's what made me get into it. Well, some of our listeners might be wondering why is Sometimes Spouse doing a podcast about realtors? That's why a lot of our, about 25% of all of our customers come from people that are selling their house or buying a house. And I've heard so many horror stories from our customers that I was like, we need to get some experts on the podcast so they can hear because it's not just a part-time kind of gig. You want somebody that's full-time, that they're devoted to their real estate business, and they stay up to date with the rates uh, for loans. They stay up to, to, to par with the, the laws. It's so important for the realtor to be educated because they are your person when you're buying or selling a house. Is that right, Ian? Oh, it's abs absolutely true. I'm, I'm going to give you a story that happened today. So I had a client who is selling their house. They're an absentee client, meaning uh, absentee owner, which means they live in another state. So they live in like North Carolina, 
We've been under contract for 45 days, okay? All this to say the HOA can see this big old sign in the yard that says for sale. HOA went and slapped a sticker on the door saying, if you don't mow the grass, we're going to rekey the house and winterize it because it doesn't look like anybody lives here. And then they took my sign and took my flyers and I'm thinking, what just, what just happened? So it's those types of things. So in, what I ended up doing, I had to get someone out there to mow the grass on behalf of my client. And I also have a cleaning service going out there. Obviously it's, it's in Austin. So I have a cleaning service going out there right this minute to, to hand, just to handle the situation. These are things that people don't think about, like the real world impact of what can happen if you're not prepared when you're buying or selling your place. Wow, that's crazy. How did you find out about that? That is just like so random. I have little birds. I have people that <laughs> drive that drive by the neighborhood and check out the property. Uh, I also have, I keep in touch with, in this case, the agent on the buying side, you know, because uh -huh. I'm, I'm on the listing side. And I just, I watch it out. I, I keep in touch as much as I can. I keep in touch with the clients. And I think the, the seller said that they received some kind of notice. It's like, oh, oh of course you, of course you did. <laughs> right? One more day and it would have been rekeyed. What? Wow. What? I didn't That's know an crazy. HOA could rekey a person's house. They can, they can take your house from you. The HOA is so powerful in the state of Texas, all over. Wow, that is but insane. Also, look at how many services it touched. It touched lawn care. It touched relationship management with the HOA mm -hmm. and the other agent and the cleaning service. Like that's in one day. Yeah. In one day, I had to reach out to all these people. So that's why our jobs and our relationships and our ability to build those are uh, incredibly vital. And you can't do that. If I was working another job right now, I couldn't have done that. No, you have to have your full-time attention on the listings that you have. Correct. So Bonnie, Ian said something about relationships and I actually met you through a networking group and we kind of bonded almost instantly. Mm. I don't even know if we'd met, but it was through my husband and we formed this kind of relationship that's went a couple of different layers now. Um, yeah. Tell me about some of the relationships that you've developed that help build or help you being a full-time realtor. Oh my gosh. So I would say, like I mentioned earlier, I started doing hair. So that is actually one of the first building blocks that I had because, you know, you're very intimate with your, your hairdresser. And so they tell you things, you know, you have this, like, and actually it's funny because now doing real estate, we have the same still kind of relationships. You hear all the stories, all, you know, it's, it's funny like that, but it started with those kind of relationships because they trust you. And so um, that's what people are looking for. And when they don't have that, you know, so it's basically like, it, it's so funny how real estate and doing hair, they have a lot of the similarities because doing hair, people could just say, you know, they sit down in the chair and just do whatever you want. And so like, when they come to you as real estate, it's like, okay, tell me where to go. How do I, how do I get where I need to go to point A to, you know, to Z to actually be in the house. So developing all those relationships, not only just with the clients, but 
like we met networking, you know, cause now, you know, you can be a part of my business. And so whenever I have those people that say, oh, I need someone, well, they already trust you. So then all the other relationships, they're going to trust that you're going to send them the right people. So it makes a huge difference. So then you're always the top of mind when you need the lawn care, you need, you know, to hold somebody from reaching a house or whatever, <laughs> you know, all of that's so important. And people, people rely on you for that. And so it's a big deal because at the end of the day, our business, a lot of it, especially for a, um, you know, once you've been in for a while, having the word of mouth referral relationships, that, that's the, that literally is the heart of our business, what keeps us going all the time. So Marlene, I'm sure that being in the Dallas Fort Worth market, you have people that just move there that know nobody at all. Those relationships have to be super important to you and especially in the, the, the big city up there. So how do you meet those people? How do you develop those relationships? Because it's really no matter who you recommend, it's your name on the line, right? Right. So it's, it's funny how you say that there's a lot of people moving here without like having their community already established. I was one of them. So like I got here, I didn't know anybody whenever I first got here, my family's all back in Mexico. So it was really like my, my whole business is based on relationships. Like I don't pay for in leads, everything that I have right now, it's based on, on referrals and it's people that, that trust me. And a lot of the people that I recommend actually to do like several uh, jobs or they're my clients as well, because you know, like I help this electrician sell a house. So like, guess what? Like I see the house that he built, I know the, the product that he uh, was able to, to uh, build. And so I, if somebody asked me for an electrician, there you go. I know a plumber that, you know, so uh, I think a lot of my community, it has been creating itself with my clients and the people that I work with one-on-one, -on -one because like you said, I don't want to recommend somebody that I don't trust or I've never worked with. Marlene, do you work with, uh, do you speak Spanish? Yes. So <laughs> English is my second language. I, I wondered. So it is so important to have a realtor that's full time, that knows the laws, that knows the cities, right? And that can talk to somebody that doesn't speak English. Yeah, actually, 90% um, of my clients are Spanish speaking. So we have a very, very strong Hispanic community in all Texas, not only in Dallas. So um, I actually saw the need of that community to have that education and somebody that's really a professional because like you mentioned, there's so many agents that don't do this full time, but that don't care or that they don't know what they're doing in this business, knowing what you're doing and having those connections can make or break the deal for sure. Oh, I'm sure. And and there's so many people that are out there, like you just said, that are all about the money and they don't care about their clients. They care about that bottom line. So having somebody that they can trust and speak their language is amazing. Awesome. It's called commission <laughs> breath and you can smell it a mile away. <laughs> I'm gonna have to remember that. Do they have commission breath? 
I just want to add that I'm like level four on Duolingo in learning Spanish. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Also, that house that I told you, the whole HOA thing, my barber used to be my barber before they relocated. It's it's just all comes full circle. Wow. It really does. That's amazing. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about pre-COVID. Like it was different in January and February, wasn't it, guys? Mm-hmm. So how yeah. has your business changed, Bonnie, since COVID happened? Um, let's see, right before, I think we were kind of like normal. We were steady. I guess you could say. And then I feel like we had like one week where we didn't really know what was going on. We actually had, um, uh, we we're kind of mandated. I think for about a week, it was like no showings, no, we weren't allowed to do anything. And then finally, um, once the, our county judge and everybody said, okay, we are, you can't define an essential business and only give them some duties because it just doesn't work. So they let us go back out as soon as it's like the day they opened that floodgate for that. Uh, I think we had seven days that day that they said, okay, yes, you can show. It doesn't have to be virtual. Like I feel like our business like tripled, like the, it has not stopped. Um, every, I, I would say that I probably work about 90% listings. They've all had multiple offers. Um, it, it's definitely not what I expected for sure. Um, I expected to kind of stay steady, um, maybe even slow down, but that was totally opposite of what's happening. I mean, I don't know if people really are like you've seen those themes in the quarantine house and it's too small. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what's going on. So it, it is crazy. Yeah, definitely unexpected here. It's either get a new house or get a divorce, <laughs> which is more expensive, right? They're like, yeah. if I got to look at you for another month in quarantine, uh-uh, we need a new house. I need a woman shed. Yeah, the she shed. Yeah, yeah. Marlene, uh, how have you seen it change in the Dallas-Fort Worth market? I, I think it's pretty similar all around because um, whenever it first started, uh, I think I was able to quarantine for like one or two weeks. Um, and after that, like everybody, you know, it, it got stopped because we couldn't show it. It was, um, the law said you have to stop, like you have to be inside. So, but after those two weeks, I think, um, everything just started going crazy. Whenever we heard like the COVID and, and all of that, I thought, well, maybe it's going to slow down. People don't want to leave the house to like either have people coming in and showing their, their listings because I work a lot of listings. So I was worried, you know, my sellers wouldn't want to um, have a bunch of people coming through their house. Um, and it did happen for some. I think they just paused for a little bit. But right now, I've, I've been busier this time of year than last year, this time of year. Because um, for buying and selling, and this is what I've been telling all my clients, that for buying, it's just such a great time because of the low interest rates that there are. Um, and for selling, it's the same way because the buyers can actually pay more for your house without necessarily increasing their monthly payments. So it's a win-win situation. That's why I think things have been so crazy. 
Yeah, I mean, every single realtor I talk to, they're like, I can't believe it because we totally expected, I think Ian and I, when we talked last time, we totally expected it to kind of just stabilize, but it keeps going and going, right, Ian? Yeah, I I will say it this way. I have more situations where people are making blind offers on properties. Wow. That's huge right now where they, I, I say, listen, if you want a house, you're going to have to trust me to put in this offer on this house. And then we make it happen. We put in the offer and you have a period. I mean, you have a, an option period, a period of time where you can evaluate, get an inspection and all that. Mm -hmm. But, um, and also have me walk through on your behalf. Right. So I can go through, if you're not here, I can go through, look at the house and say, yeah, that's pretty legit. Everything about it looks good. So people have to place more faith and more trust in their realtors today. Mm -hmm. So I'm not mad at that. So this is like <laughs> the largest more. investment of their life, right? Is usually their home. Oh yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they are putting a lot of trust in y'all. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. How's inventory in Austin? Uh, I think the actual days of inventory, that's how we measure it. We measure it on days. And if it's less than I think it's a, if it's less than three months, we have low inventory and we're at like a month and a half or something crazy. Like it is really tough to get a home if you don't have all your ducks in a row. And yeah, if you don't have all your ducks in a row, you don't have your prequal and not even that, but like a pre-approval letter. You have to go one step further sometimes and you can't really ask for closing costs. They're just going to laugh at you. They like sellers have the choice if they have a nice house to sell mm -hmm. um multiple offer situations you have one person who has a million dollars in the bank and then you have another person who's like well we just had a baby we can pay five thousand dollars toward the house well you know as a seller that's a tough call it's like yeah. i love people but money yeah and my job is to try to help them like figure out what makes more sense whether it's karma or you know financial stability for their family. It's really, it, that's, these are real world situations. I, I, I love being able to have these conversations because it really does kind of bring to light, the, like you had mentioned earlier, the people that do actually care and go through all of those sorts of things with their, their clients. Wow. That is really interesting. You would never think that you would have that kind of situation, but it happens, right? And you know, you, I bet you've got tons of stories. I can't wait to hear them with our podcast. Too many stories. Stories are good. Stories help us all grow. Marlene, how is the inventory in Dallas Fort Worth? It is. But of course, whenever I'm representing the seller, I love it, right? <laughs> because we put the, the house on the market. Uh, we make sure to price it right, to market it right. And, you know, I had stuff crazy like we put it on the market and Within an hour, the person already saw, wrote the offer, sent it to me. So it really, in something that Ian was saying, it's so important for our buyers to be prepared to have those conversations with them before we even look at houses and mentally prepare them. You know, it's going to take maybe two or three houses that we lose before we get you to your house because the inventory right now is so low and there's so many buyers with great interest rates that are just competing and crazy to get their houses. So whenever I'm on the listing side, it's great. We have multiple offers most of the times. Whenever I'm with the buyer, 
um, we just have to set that expectation. Uh-huh. Um, I'm all up for it. I'm all up for finding the one. And and I've seen it so many times. Whenever we lose, like I had just one client that we closed, we lost like I'm not kidding, like five or six houses with them. But at the same time, I was in the in the um, between the I don't want to let you overpay for a house, but I want to get you a home. So at the end of the day, we were able to find one that we didn't overpay, that they absolutely loved. And I think that's, those are the satisfactions. Those are the moments that are so, uh, fill you up with so much satisfaction that it makes it all worth it. Wow. I used to call those paychecks of the heart. I mean, I really like paychecks better now, but paychecks of the heart, like those warm fuzzies. I mean, you guys are setting these people up in their homes where their family is going to make memories for sometimes the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Like you guys are pivotal in people's lives. I mean, what a huge responsibility, but what a huge honor to be able to do that and help those folks. Now, Bonnie, Ian mentioned something earlier about being pre-qualified and getting that pre-approval letter. I remember one time you telling me a story about a lady that didn't have her ducks in a row, sold her house and something happened. Will you tell our listeners about that? Mm-hmm. Yes, so I had been given a referral, and um, one of my first things doing the interviewing process is like, okay, yes, I know you want to sell your home, but where are you going? And so she wanted to buy a new house, and I was like, okay, so before we start on the listing, I want to make sure that you're prepared for buying, and I don't think she really liked that. So she ended up talking with another realtor um, that didn't ask for that, put the house on the market, it sold. And by the time that she was ready, or before it sold, she's like, okay, well, I want to buy my house. Um, Guess what? She couldn't get approved. And I believe to this day, she is still renting. So that is one of my first things, talking to a listing. Okay, what's the plan? Where are you going? If you're going to another city, let's find you a realtor. Let's find you. Who do they like to work with? I don't necessarily like to refer the lenders because I know here we like to work with the local lenders. So it's going to be the same thing over there. So finding them a realtor, but... The biggest thing is buying or selling. If you're buying another house, you need that pre-approval because it makes a huge difference. Even if you think, oh, well, I checked my credit, you know, I'm good. But if you're, I mean, it could be something as simple as your debt to income ratios off. You know, your score could be just fine. But if you have maxed out all your credit cards, you know, all of those kind of things, you might not be able to buy a house. And do you want to go rent? They probably don't. That's they're probably looking to upgrade, you know, get a bigger house. So that's, that's huge. And it kills me when, um, people, they just don't, when you say pre-approval, they get scared. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, it's not scary. They're actually, they, they want to help you just as much as I do. Uh, they want you to be in that house. So it's, and people will actually go and pay credit repair before talking to a lender because they think that, oh, if I just give you money, you will fix it. And actually a lender is going to do it free for free if they can. If, if they can't, then they will talk to someone. But at the end of the day, they, they just want to get you in the house as well. So yeah, that's, that's probably my biggest story as far as listing goes that to this day, it's probably been three, four years ago that they're still renting. So wow. it's like, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> How's the inventory in Bell County? Uh, we're definitely low inventory. Um, I would say that we probably have about a month and a half 
to two months of inventory on the market. So 30 days, they're gone. The only time you're seeing them last from listing to close a little longer is because maybe something slowed down just a little bit because of COVID. Some some appraisals might be taking a little longer. Some surveys might be taking a little longer. But yeah, 30 to 45 days is still about the average for closing time. Wow, that is insane. Ian, when we were talking the other day, you said something that really intrigued me that can affect the real estate market. You said the election. Tell me, how does the election affect the real estate market? People tend to base decisions on what they see happening in the world around them. And so the election is one of those things where Despite, you know, what party affiliation that you're interested in, there's an un a, a certain level of uncertainty. And the people that are worried about this uncertainty start to hesitate and might lose an opportunity. And the people that are risk takers or investors, they'll they may they may use that as an opportunity, but it, it affects everything. It affects like the, the tax, the positioning in taxes coming the next year, right? So based on what party is put in place, it might affect property taxes in the minds of the buyers and the sellers. So every four years when there's a major, it's more apparent in the four-year mark, not the smaller elections uh -huh. or different uh, congressional elections. But every four years you see people, you see a cycle, a little bit of a blip where people start to hesitate. Wow. So should they wait? to until after the election or just go for it every time someone asks that i'm always going to say the question is are you stable do you see an opportunity today and do you think that it's going to be more or less tomorrow because i can't answer that for you but i can say that right now we're at historic lows i can say sure there's an election i'd tell you to buy today before the election <laughs> that's what i would tell you to do <laughs> But I can't, I, I don't want to say wait until November 6th. Like that, that'd be silly. That I wouldn't ever do that. Wow. That's scary to me. I would say try to get it done before you head into uncharted territory. Another thing is lots of people like to buy around the school year. Marlene, mm -hmm. have you seen anyone um, hesitating because of the school year now? That could or could not happen, by the way. So, yes, definitely families, especially, are the ones who are a little bit that their timing is more dictated by that. So, of course, I have people that want to wait a little bit because they want their kids to go to the same school for, like, the last year. Mm -hmm. uh, so they want to, like, stay for one month longer. But um, other than that, um, I think Texas is always just so active with with buying and selling that even in the months that are considered the low months, we're still going like full engine. Wow, that's insane. Now, Bonnie, have you seen people just go ahead and then keep and trying to buy the house even though school is kind of up in the air right now? I honestly don't even think people are thinking about school right now. They're just ready to go. They're ready to buy. And uh, I think with the, it's probably making them easier to make the decision with the uncertainty of, you know, what's going to happen with the school year. 
Um, but like Marlene said, I mean, people are just, they're ready to go. They, they, they already know they want to move. They've made the decision. And I think once they make the decision and they start doing their online shopping, they're like, oh. <laughs> you know, cause that 90%, 95%, I think of buyers all start right there. I mean, that's where we all, it's like our Amazon. And then you start sending them to your realtor. Okay, here we go. And you're like, whoa, we kind of have to hold the reins for them just a little bit. <laughs> You said something that intrigues me because when I bought a home, we didn't do it online. We did it, you know, face to face. It's so different mm -hmm. now, isn't it? Like they can shop like Amazon mm -hmm. of houses now, can't they, Bonnie? Almost. Yeah. I mean, so much information is given, you know, right up front. So it does make it so much easier. Um, but you know, it's kind of one of those things too, though. Uh, you, we have, as the realtors, have to remind them not everything you see on the internet is true. So the pictures may look amazing, but when you get there, there could be some things. So we have yeah. to kind of pull that back a little bit too. But it does give them the idea of, you know, the neighborhoods, all that kind of stuff that they're looking for. So that helps us out a little bit. Um, but we still have to bring it back to reality. <laughs> Ian, what about you? Have you seen people caring about the school year in 2020? So what's interesting is the schools dictate a lot of where people want to live. And they did dictate timing in, in past years. But what, what I do is I kind of follow apartment trends. So apartment prices go up during the summer because they know people are rushing to get in before school starts. Well, that's not happening as much this year. And the apartment complexes are getting a little smarter and they're making them, you know, like 15 months so that they can come around and catch it on 2021 or something mm -hmm. so they can increase the rate. So they can give these people this year a lower rate. And then next year, when the next school year comes, it's going to be a super high price. Wow. That's so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So that's what I'm watching when I think about this in, in relation to the school year, because I know that they're going to try to get as much as they can. I know that people want to move and get into a certain school district. Um, yeah, it's otherwise, as far as houses go, the interest rate is, I think is more important than the school year. I think that right now is what's driving everything. Wow. So what kind of territory do you cover, Ian? Do I cover or do I want to cover? Do you... Do you want to cover? <laughs> I think all of us feel that way. Okay, so I have I have sold houses in Dell Valley and Buda and Kyle, and I've sold houses in Gerald and Rockdale. Like that's a big forty mile circumference, but typically I'd stay in just north of Austin, so North Austin and the suburbs. That's that's my wheelhouse right there. North Austin and the suburbs, just north of there. Round Rock, Cedar Park, uh, Leander, Liberty Hill, those places. So important to listen to the way that he pronounced Buda. It's not Buda, everyone. <laughs> not That's not from Texas. I had to learn that. It took me a bit. It didn't I was like, too. why would it be? It's not even spelled the same. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Marlene, where do you, where would you like to cover? What's your target kind of territory in your area? So I pretty much with with buyers, I like to cover a smaller area because I want to be able to 
the market's so hot right now that if something pops out, I want to be able to be like morning or this afternoon with the within 30 maximum 40 minutes from Dallas and I think for sellers I am able to go like up to one hour but other than that I don't like going any further so that includes like Dallas and everything around Mesquite, Garland, Richardson and you know the surroundings. Yeah that's a huge kind of area that's amazing. Bonnie, what about you? So I would say Central Texas, which is a good, it's a good area. I think it probably, it's all falls in within an hour drive. So uh, Temple, Colleen, Waco, Salado. um, I probably about stopped around Gerald um, because then it goes into, you know, Gerald starts going into Austin and I'd rather pick up the phone and call Ian. So, uh, so Temple, Belton, Colleen, and then uh, we just started expanding towards the Waco area. So, wow, that's a huge kind of territory. Also, you know, can I can I piggyback off of what Bonnie said? Yeah. I don't know that a lot of, a lot of people miss this part. If you are looking to move to a different area, or you know someone looking to move to a different area, if you have a trusted realtor in your city. So let's say you're in Dallas and you know Marlene, call Marlene because Marlene will make sure to get that person to someone that she can trust, just like if it was a painter, just like if it was a, someone who's cleaning houses, just like if it was a lender. She can do the same thing for a realtor and then we can partner together on making sure that you transition smoothly. So it's really, really important that people understand, go ahead and call the realtor that you're already familiar with and have built a relationship with because we can work together to accomplish the same goals. Yeah, because you already trust them. Mm-hmm. Yep. That makes total sense. And I send everyone that I can going that way. Ian, <laughs> hey. <laughs> so, Bonnie, how can they get a hold of you, our listeners? Um, so, obviously, you can look me up on Facebook, uh, the Elite Home Group. Um, my phone number is 254 254- Four six six zero one seven six, and I mean you can Google Bonnie Dominguez. I think uh, Bonnie Dominguez Realtor comes up uh, pretty close to the top when you Google me. So just Google me. Google Bonnie. <laughs> Ian, how can we get a hold of you? I'll give two ways. Uh, the Google way. I like that. I like when people type Ian of Austin is what they type, and then it'll show up on Google Ian of Austin Realtor or whatever. And then also this little thing right here so they can type it in go to connect and see a couple uh, videos and phone numbers and social media awesome marlene how can they get a hold of you same with me you just type marlene Juliano, either google facebook and instagram you can reach me like any way through social media and send me a message just like you did christy I just looked her up. I looked her up on YouTube first because Ian sent it to me. And then I looked her up and I was like, I'm going to just go through Facebook. And then if I don't get a hold of her, I'm going to call her. I'm going to text her. I'm going to just stalk her until I get her to get, return my call. And it it only took like a couple couple minutes for her to respond, actually. 
Okay, guys, before I end the interview, I always like to ask an interesting question of you guys. And my question for all three of you is, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? Mm. You just put me on the spot. Like, I don't know how many kind of trees they are. <laughs> or the, the name of the species or... <laughs> We'll start with Bonnie. Oh, because you see me thinking so yeah, hard. I, do. I don't really know too many names of trees, but I would say um, maybe an oak tree, just because some of them, um, which some of them that you see that have been there for years and years are just so beautiful and so, and I don't want to say big because I don't want to necessarily be big, but you know. I would just call that the wisdom, full of wisdom. Uh, they they have like, I don't even know what you would call it. Uh, I don't know. There's just something when you see it like in a picture, it's just like kind of breathtaking sometimes. So maybe that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever thought about being a tree. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Ian? It's so funny when, when Bonnie had mentioned like the oak tree being big and she's like, yeah, but I don't want to be thought of that way. My first thought was a bonsai tree and yeah. it's because they're, they're, they're small, but they still have some sort of like reverence, you know, people are still like, oh, that's cute, but it's cool, you know? And so I thought, yeah, I could, I could be a bonsai tree. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, something. What about that's that's not even a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Marlene? What 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 kind of tree would you be? Um, I have no idea. the the first The first uh, tree that popped out in my hand it was like pine tree, and I was just like, I don't know. The pine tree's tall. I'm tall. <laughs> Like, and I was going to say, and it smells good, but I'm like, do I really want to say that? I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just like too many mixed thoughts in my in my brain. But I'm, now I'm wondering, since you thought about that question, which tree would you be? I would, be a, nice. I would be a maple tree because it, it has the syrup. It's so sweet. <laughs> cover. I like it. I got to I got to show you this. I want to see if you can see this. It's related to the question. It's the only reason I'm bringing this up. Let's see if I can show you. I don't know if it's going to you're going to be able to see it on here. Oh, there it is. Can you see this on here? Oh, no. I got to it out. Okay, well, what it is, it is maple syrup in a spray can. <laughs> Who needs a tree? Who needs it? No, I just, it was the weirdest thing. So you said maple. I was like, yeah, let's put it in a little spray can. That's how sweet I am. They man. sell that. They're People spraying buy it everywhere. That yeah. Oh, that's you funny. Know, I, I don't know if this is like part of what we should be discussing, but I would love to hear more about what you do as well as part of the first introduction podcast that we're doing right here. That's a good point, too. 
I am the CEO of Sometime Spouse. You can see my signs behind me. I was wrestling with them before the podcast, and they got a good laugh from that. But um, I, we are a handyman and a household cleaning company, so we help families put their family first by taking care of their honeydews. Uh, so that we free up their weekends. So you guys put them in the house, and then we take care of the house after they're there. That's and which areas do you cover? Uh, we're in Central Texas. We are in Tyler Longview. We're in Colleen. And we're also opening one up very soon in Louisiana. So what, what is the perfect client for you? Perfect client is a millennial. Somebody that has a family and doesn't have the time to take care of their, their home. Oh, so... Pretty much everybody nowadays. Yep. I was going to say, she just looked up, who's the number one home buying demographic right now? I and mean, that's that's how she got her answer. Good answer. Yeah. Well, you guys, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on the Ask a Realtor podcast. Next week on Ask a Realtor, we are going to have Ian, and we're going to be talking about pivoting your business and keeping it relevant as a realtor in 2020. I'm super excited about that, Ian. Oh, I'm excited too. You said Ian. I was like, what did I do? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Pivoting your business. I think that'll be a good conversation to have. And then the following week is Bonnie. And then the following week after that's Marlene. And then I love this panel so much. I think we're going to do it again in August just to kind of keep kicking it off. And then we're going to start bringing guests in like mortgage lenders um, and insurance brokers and people that really support the realtor business because it like they were saying it's so much more than them it is it is thank it's you an army it's an army sorry bonnie go ahead you can say it again i was just gonna say it's an army of people to get them the family from here to here there's so many people involved yeah and we're gonna kind of help you with that army that you need that the realtors build for you because they really are the the people that stand up for you when you're purchasing the home or when you're selling the home they're they're your people so uh, i look forward to uncovering this as the year goes forward and marlene thank you so much for talking to me yesterday and being on the podcast today and being one of our experts thank you for inviting me that's very nice of you and i enjoyed it a lot looking forward to the next one all right Thank you guys for joining us for the Ask a Realtor podcast. I am Christy Ogle, the founder of Sometime Spouse, and you have heard from today Ian in Austin, Bonnie in Central Texas, and Marlene in Dallas-Fort Worth. Please join us next Thursday for the Ask a Realtor podcast. Bye-bye.